So glad to see each and every one of you. My name is Kyle, and we're glad that you're here. So good morning to each and every one of you. Four of you said good morning. Come on now. All right, so if you don't want to tell me good morning, tell your neighbor good morning. Go for it. Go for it real quick. All right, there we go. All right, we're talking. That's good. That's good. That's good. So glad to see each and every one of you. I'm excited because it's January the 6th. I'm excited that it's January the 6th because two services launched today. We had a great first service. We had a great second service. But I've got to admit, I'm really excited about January 6th because January the 7th is coming. That means my kids go back to school. (laughs) Parents in the room are feeling it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, revival's breaking out right now. Love my kids, but ready for them to go back to school. Uh, in fact, been pulling kind of double duty this weekend. My wife's been gone this weekend, so uh, y'all can pray for me and pray for them. So far, it's going pretty good, right, son? It's going pretty good. One of my kids in here. He gave me one of these. That's what an 11-year-old does, right there. It's kind of the reaction I get from y'all when I preach. Meh, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Hey, today we want to talk about this idea called My One Word. And if you've been around Holland Chapel for a couple of years or so, we present this idea every year at the beginning of the year and want to challenge you to consider picking one word that God can use in your life to change you and to grow you. So let's get this thing rolling this morning with some phrases that have the word word in it. All right, phrases that have the word word in it. All right, we'll get it started with this. Oh, my word. I don't even know what that means, but people say it all the time. I say it all the time. I'm not really sure. I guess we're trying to express ourselves in some kind of way. Um, how about these? Um, word. Just, just simply word. I've got this friend named Aaron uh, Jenkins, and he uses this all the time. It's his word. It means he's excited. means he's for it. It means he's into it. You tell him something like word. If he's really excited, he has another word, and he says word up. All right, it goes to another level. How about this one? What's the word on the street? Or what the word, yo, however you want to say it. How about this one? You ever put in a good word for me? You ever said that to somebody? Because you're kind of wanting to get your circumstance to change or your position to increase. And you're like, hey, you know somebody I don't know, and you've got connections with them that I don't have. Can you speak a good word for me? Can you put in a word for me, a good word for me? These words can change the tone of a meeting. May I have a word with you? right? Changes everything. What if I called your name right now, okay? I spoke your name, and I said, hey, would you come on up here and say a few words to the people? A few of you might hyperventilate, right? A few of you would be like, no, give me the microphone. I could do a way better job than you're doing right now. All right. Um, Thank you for not responding the way the first service did, because I think a couple people really thought they could do better than me, and that may be true, but anyway, you can just kind of keep that to yourself. How about this phrase? A war of words. You ever had a war of words? If you're married, you've probably had those, right? A war of words, and we've all got the scars to prove it, where we've just let things just fly, and we just start to cut and, 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 and just, just really go for it. Uh, how about this? Word has it. You know where that goes, right? goes to the letter G-O-S-S-I-P. It moves into the realm of what? Gossip. I don't have enough time to speak into that subject today, but I want to say as your pastor, stop it. All right, stop it. Words matter. Words make a difference. Words are powerful. We want to put this on the screen. We want to get it in our hearts. We want to get it in our minds. Words are powerful. What if I, in this context, standing on the stage in church, what if I say a word wrong? 
you're probably going to laugh at me. You're going to make fun of me because I didn't say it right or didn't use it right. Okay, ha, ha, he, he. But what if I move from saying a word wrong to saying the wrong word? That might get a laugh out of you or it might get me fired, right? Depending on what word that I say, right? Words matter. Words are powerful. What if you say the right words to the wrong person? This happens a lot in our culture today. It happens by way of texting, right? You ever done it? Like you put those words in there and you hit send, you're like, oh, man, wrong person. They may have been really nice words. They may have been really, really nice words. Are you with me, married people? <laughs> and you sent them to the wrong person. And you're like, ooh, wish I could have that back. And you don't know if to text back and say that wasn't for you. Or you don't know what to do. You just don't know what to do. And autocorrect jumps in. You just don't know what to do. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Got a couple words I want to put on the screen that just you can see the difference. How about these words? We can. Those are good words, right? Like whether you're on a team or whether you're in a family or you're at work or a church or whatever. We can. We can do it. We can. We can do it. We got this. Okay, we can. Let's switch it just a little bit and put these two words on the screen. We can't. Changes everything, right? Oh, we can't. We can't do it. We can't. Changes everything. I'll never forget being 10 years old on a baseball field in Oklahoma in June. That combination means really, really hot and miserable. That's what all that combines to be. 10 years old, hot baseball field in Oklahoma. And we're practicing. We were terrible. And we were 10. And our coach proceeded to tell us how terrible we were. And he just, man, just told us how bad we were. And we were but he went on to say this. I'm 10, but he said this, and I'll never forget this. Like, it's in my mind forever. It's June, and he says, I could be at home right now watching the Super Bowl. It's the last year I ever played baseball. Words are powerful. Words are powerful. I'll never forget being about 18 years old, had just started preaching, um, and I was, you know, standing up, trying to get the guts to do what I'm doing today. And a couple of older pastors, one's named James, James Floyd, and one's name is Jim, his name is Jim Jones, and they both spoke life into me. They both spoke encouragement into me. They believed in me, and here I stand 23 years later. Words are powerful. They're powerful. What if... We put the word, you're on the screen in a blank. What if, what if we filled in this, this blank with different words? What if someone you care about that means something to you walks up to you and says these words, you're beautiful. Even if you're a guy, you're like, I'll take that. That means I'm, that means I'm handsome. That means I'm good looking. I'll take that. I'll receive that, right? Those are good words. How about these ones? You're loved. I'll take that one. That's pretty good. How about this one? You're wanted. I'll take that one too. What if we flipped it just a little bit and somebody you care about, something that means a lot to you, walks up to you and says, you're stupid. Whoa, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, I, I don't want to hear that. Like, that's not, that's not the language I want to be used right now. What if someone with authority walks up to you and says these words, you're fired. Game changer, right? Powerful words. Words are powerful. In Scripture, it says, then God said, book of Genesis, God spoke in the book of Genesis, and light came into being, and all of the world and everything we know in creation, God spoke it into existence. His words actually brought everything that we know into 
existence. The scripture goes on to say that Jesus, who we live for and worship here at Holland Chapel, that he is the word, that he is the living word, that he is the one that changes our lives. So let's read a little bit of the word. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4. And if you need a Bible, there's one underneath the seat in front of you. You can look at page 528. It's also going to be on the screen. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20, page 528. Proverbs 4 and verse 20. This first verse is going to be a very familiar saying if you're a parent or if you're a kid. All right? Here we go. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my what? My words. If you're a parent, you say a version of this every day. Right? You're like, please listen to me. I'm tired of telling you this over and over and over again. We brush our teeth every day, right? We eat every day. We don't hit our sister, hopefully, every, like we, please stop. Like, listen to, listen to the words, right? Listen to me. Listen to me. We say it over and over again. And God is saying to me, God is saying to you, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. God was kind enough to speak to us. He was kind enough to have it written down clearly. And if we have a Bible or we have a phone and access to an app, we are able to read the word of God. And God wants us to listen to what we say. It's kind of like when I'm preaching. I kind of want you to grunt every now and then. You know what I'm saying? Give me a uh or a yeah or a word, a word up or amen or something, right? Something. Even if you don't agree with it, like just to know you're listening makes a big, big difference. I don't want us to be talking and wasting my words. Oh, how much God says, I don't want to waste my breath. Listen, pay attention to what I say and listen to my words. God wants us to listen to him. Why? Because he knows a lot? Well, yes, but let's go further than that. God knows everything. God's going to tell you things that you don't understand, that you're not able to comprehend, and you just need to do them. Why? Because he knows what he's talking about. He's going to ask you to do things that are hard. Why? Because he's got a plan. He can see further than you can. He's got it all figured out. He's trying to protect you. He's trying to preserve you. He's trying to put you in a blessable position. But when we say no and we don't listen to him, we remove ourselves from that. Look at verse 21. Don't lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of what? My words. Don't lose sight of what God is saying. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. So when he says don't lose sight of them, he wants us to have focus. Got to focus, man. Monsters, Inc. Anyway, all right, you got to focus, right? Don't lose focus. For us to come in here and open God's word and say, yeah, that was good, and then go on about our business and forget about it, we've lost our focus. If we open it up on Monday, and I hope you are, listen, you've got to remember what it says. You've got to focus on what it says so it can make a difference in your life. He wants to penetrate into the deep parts of your heart. God is concerned about your mind. He's concerned about your body, and he's most, most concerned about your soul. And he wants to get the word of God in you. He wants you to get in the Word of God so that you can get the Word of God in you. Why? Look at verse 22. For they, the words of God, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. 
Did you hear the two words that were used there? Life and healing. Anybody not want life? Anybody not want healing? I don't know about you, but those two words, like, I'm like, yeah, I want those. I'm for those. Like, bring those on. What do I got to do to get those? God says, listen to my words. Let them penetrate deep in your heart. Focus on them. Get them in you. And his promise is that they will bring life to those who find them, and they will bring healing to their whole body. Well, what, what does that mean, life and healing? What, what is all this talking about? Well, let me give you just a few words that describe my experience of following Jesus. And I would encourage you that if you're interested in what it's like to follow Jesus and the experience that you can have, find another follower and ask them to start describing for you. But here's some words for you that I would give that when I'm in the Word and the Word is in me and this whole idea that we're talking about today, I would definitely use the word good. And when I say the word good, I don't mean the cheap word. I mean like the expensive version of the word good. Man, it's good. When I'm in the Word and the Word's in me, it's just good. It's a peace-filled experience. Who doesn't want more peace in their life? Well, when I'm in the Word and the Word's in me, that's when I have the most peace. It just is. The word real definitely comes into play for me. Like, things just start to become alive and real, fulfilling, and fully alive. Those are some words that I would use to describe my experience of being in the Word and having the Word of God in me. So i got to be honest with you, I've been wrestling with this one word that you see in the Scripture that, on the screen, and it's this word healing. This word healing. Um, first of all, and most of all, I don't want us to underestimate the power of the Word of God. At the same time, I've got some friends, and you've got some friends, and some of you are sitting in this room right now. You're my friends, and like, you need healing in your life, in your body, in your family, and someone that you know. You, you need healing in your whole body. And the scripture says, for they, the scripture, the words of God bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. I don't know if God will heal you now, but here's what I know. He can heal you now. And I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you that because of the word of God and our faith in the one who penned those words and the one who became those words in real life, whose name is Jesus, we who are believers have hope that when this life is over, we're going to get a new body and we're going to be completely healed. Yeah, you can celebrate that. That's good, good news. It's good, good news. The hope that that brings for our lives and for our eternal lives that is to come. Because again, I think, um, I think bad things happen to good people. And so maybe you're like, I've been in the Word and the Word's been in me and I'm still sick. Bad things happen to good people and that's because of this fallen world that we're in. And one of these days, Jesus is going to make it right. But how many people have you met? And just their face, their life, their health, their choices just scream at you. They haven't been in the Word and the word hasn't been in them. You know what I'm saying? Like just their world is in chaos because they have just made foolish decision after foolish decision after foolish decision. You don't even have to move into the realm of like being their judge to notice it. Like it's just obvious. It's all over them. They've just made one boneheaded decision after another. It's caused chaos in their health. It's caused chaos in their home. It's caused chaos in their relationships. Like things are just crumbling because they have chosen to make those types of decisions that bring about death and destruction. Some of you are potentially 
in the midst of, or on the verge of, making decisions that are going to bring death and destruction to your health, to your family, to your marriage, to your relationships, to your professional career. And I just want to implore you today, don't make those foolish, stupid, sinful decisions. And the way that God wants to guard me and guard you from making those foolish decisions, that some of us are on the brink of making it. Nobody even knows that we're on the brink of it. Nobody knows how far our mind has gone towards it. Nobody knows how far we have thought it out and thought, you know what, I think if I just did this, I would feel better. I just think if I did this, I would be happier. I think if I did this, I would just be in a better place. And you're thinking about making a really, really foolish decision. You need the Word of God in you to help you understand what is right and what is good and what God can and will bless. The Word of God brings life and healing. So therefore, we want you to get into the Word of God. We want you to get into the Word of God. So maybe you're interested in getting into the Word of God. Maybe you're a believer and you're, you're a person that opens the Word of God daily and you're like, yeah, this is good. This is encouraging. This is going to remind me to do this every day. Or maybe you're like, you know what? Ah, you know, every now and then I think about it. I come to church. I enjoy it. But like I go home, I kind of forget it. I lose focus, right? Keep your focus I lose focus, or, you know, on Monday I remember, about Wednesday I forget, I get busy, I got kids, I got stuff going on, life's crazy, job's going nuts right now, like I just don't really have time. Listen, we want you to get into the Word of God so it can get into you and bring about what? Life and healing. Life and healing. Life and healing. Maybe you're like, you know what, yeah, I've never really gotten in the Word of God, and life and healing sound really, really good. I don't know how that works, but, like, I want to check it out. I want to start getting into the Word of God. Let me give you a couple spots to start if you've never really gotten in the Word of God. If you're already into the Word of God, you probably got a plan, and you just need to be encouraged to keep doing it. But if you've never really looked in the Word of God, I want to encourage you. A good place to start is the Gospel of John. There's a, you know, a Bible full of books. You've got the Old Testament beginning with Genesis. Great stories, incredible stuff there. But you get over in the New Testament and you got the Gospels called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That John right there, the Gospel of John. Great place for you to start. Why? Because it's going to talk about Jesus over and over again. Guess what you're desperate for in your life? The same thing I'm desperate for in my life. Jesus. The Gospel of John is going to point you back to Jesus over and over and over again. To the person that we live for, the person that we believe in here at Holland Chapel, the person that can bring you the forgiveness of sin that you're desperate for, the person that can bring life change that you're desperate for, why can he do it? Because he came here to live among us, and he did it perfectly, and then he laid down on the cross, and he came back from the dead, and he rose up, and he's alive today. That Jesus is the one you need to be exposed to, and the Gospel of John can do that incredibly, incredibly well. Another thing I started doing when I was young, um, my oldest son is sitting right there. I'll talk about him a little bit. Hopefully he's cool with that. I don't know how he's going to stop me if he doesn't want me to. Uh, but anyway, I'll talk about him a little bit. I've encouraged him to do the same thing. I started when I was a young kid reading a proverb a day. And there's 31 um, chapters in the book of Proverbs, and there just so happens to be 31 days in most every month of the year. And so if it's the 6th today, you read Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs is going to deal with all the regular stuff you have to deal with in life. It's going to deal with your mouth, with your morals, with your money. It's going to speak into your life. Proverbs is a great place for you to lean into and get those life principles. So I'm believing, since you're sitting here today, that you're wanting, at some level, there's a reason that you're here, and you're wanting for you to change. Let me tell you something. As much as you want to change you, listen to me, 
God wants to change you more. God wants to change you more. He wants to make a deep, deep difference in your life. He loves you just the way you are, but he doesn't want to leave you that way. He wants to change you, transform you, and make you everything that he intended for you to be. So um, before we just really start talking much more about this my one word, I want to tell you about my one word this last year in 2018. Um, my word this last year was the word faithful. And I was like, God, I want to be you know, a much more faithful husband. I want to be a much more faithful dad. I want to be a faithful pastor. I want to be a faithful follower of yours. Just faithfulness. God, I want to be faithful. And so anyway, God used that word in my life last year. And on this past week, in particular, planning and preparing for today, I got to thinking about 2018 and how God used you know, the word faithful in my life. And then I also got to thinking about how many times I blew it. I was thinking, man, right there, like, I totally, totally, just totally messed that up. Like, I failed miserably. Nothing about that right there looks like faithful. Man, I blew that. Man, over here as a dad, like, oh, that one right there, I totally messed that one up. Totally messed. That does not look like faithful at all. And I just kept going through thing after thing after thing after thing that I blew, totally blew in 2018. And God flipped it on me as he's so faithful to do. Oh, did I just use that word? And he reminded me it's much more about him being faithful. You see, through all the highs, all the lows, all the good, all the bad, all the great things I did and all the stupid things I did in 2018, guess what he was? Faithful. Faithful. God is going to use this in your life because he wants to make a difference in your life and he wants to change you. Look at Philippians, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. For God is working in you. Don't miss that. For God is working in you. Don't lose sight of this. Don't lose focus. Listen to what God just said. He said that he is working in you. If you are a believer, if you are someone that has placed your faith in Christ and in Christ alone, and you're a child of God, what has been declared here is true for you. God is working in you. Do something really, really uncomfortable. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, if you're a believer, tell them God is working in you. Tell them, God's working in me. Oh. Huh. I mean, like, we think about God working in our church, right? Like, that makes sense. We think about God working in a church plant in Boston. We think about God working in all kinds of ways. But, like, what I want you to catch this morning is God is working in you. The God that we read about, the God that we worship, the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who sent his one and only son, Jesus, the God who is coming back one day is working in you. So if you think you want to change you, let's up the ante and realize that God wants to change you more than you want to change you. And he's going to do it from the inside through his word. Look what it goes on to say. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Where does my desire to change come from? God. Where does the power for me to change come from? God. So this is not about, man, in 2019, I'm going to grit my teeth and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to become this and I'm going to be that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
great, all well and good, and we are not excusing our effort and our discipline in all this, but I'm here to tell you, your desire and your power to become who God wants to be comes from God and from God alone, and he wants this for you. He wants it for you more than you want it for you. When you're not cheering for you, he's cheering for you. When you're down on you, he's up on you. He is for you, and he is in you, and he's working in you, and he is giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. You got your stuff, right? I mean, maybe I'm the only one. I got my stuff. There's areas of my life, I'll just be honest with you, where I'm like, I'm lazy, I'm careless, I'm unfaithful. I really don't want to put out the effort it takes to please God. That has stunned all of you right there? That's, whoa, whoa. Am I the only one? Is it just me? Is it just me? All right, I got one more. I got one more. Anybody? Anybody? Right, two, two people in the room. All right, three. All right, great. Woo, four. All right, good. Not alone. So I'm going to preach to y'all four, all right, and me. The rest of y'all, y'all get a pass because y'all got it all good, all right? God is working in you. Thank you. See, when you preach about other people, they amen really, really loud. God is working in you to do something through you that you couldn't do even if you wanted to do it. And yet he gives you the desire for it and the power for it. Man, that's good stuff. So let me ask you a question. A year from now, looking back on 2019, it's January 6th now, 20. Can y'all, can y'all say this out loud? 2020 next year. Like, wasn't there like a song or a show or something? You know what I'm saying? Like 2020, are you kidding me? We're up next year, January 6th, 2020. A year from now, looking back, what would you be most excited about accomplishing? Looking back over the year, man, like maybe you did this or maybe you did that. What if it was more about who you became in 2019? Who God shaped you to be, reshaped you to be, recreated you to be? Let me give you some ideas that I just think would be really, really cool if it started happening for our lives. And it didn't, it, here's the deal like, when you pick your word, God's gonna do whatever He needs to do anyway. Your word doesn't like dictate what God can or cannot do, all right? He's bigger than that, He's sovereign, He's good. But listen, what if, what if these kind of things start happening in us? What, what if joy just kept flowing out of you? I mean, like, people bumped into you and they like get joy all over them. Like, that would be a game changer, wouldn't it? Like, some of us, like, people don't even wanna be around us right now because we're grumpy. Only got one right on that. I was preaching about everybody else. Y'all were quiet on that one, right? You're grumpy. You're short-tempered. You're just not very fun to be around. You don't even enjoy church sometimes. Like, something, something's going. What if joy, like, overflowed out of you? What if worship of Jesus happened regularly and spontaneously? What if you just made people feel a little bit awkward because you just, when, when, when you need to worship, you just worship? What if in 2020, we look back over 2019 and we realize, you know what, it's not even awkward to worship at church anymore. Sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes I feel awkward worshiping at church. That should not be. That should not be. Now, if you're an unbeliever, like, we want you to believe in Jesus and we don't expect you to, like, worship. But, like, if you're a believer... Should we not feel like completely ready and wanting to worship when we come to church? It shouldn't be awkward for another believer to worship Jesus next to you. Like just sing, let it flow, let it go. Like I, I do, it's why I, I, I sit on the front row because I can't sing, but I sing loud. So if you don't sing very well and you want to sing loud, come on up to the front row. Nobody's sitting in front of you. You can just go. There's far enough expanse between you and Keaton, and Keaton's got inner ear monitors up here. He cannot hear you. I just, ah, go for it, all right? What if we came to church and it wasn't awkward to worship? 
What does it like just, man, yeah, that's what we do. That's, we just, we give Jesus the glory. What if your stress level lowered in 2019? Oh, sign me up. Right? Anybody dealing with stuff and you're like to hear on it, you know what I'm saying? Like you're stressed, like it's affecting your mind. It's affecting your heart. It's affecting your health. What if your stress level decreased and your peace increased? What if the gospel of Jesus, meaning the death, burial, and resurrection, just constantly came out in your conversations? I I love having conversations. I like to talk. Obviously, it's kind of what I do for a living. I like to talk. I enjoy it. It's kind of who I am. Somebody told me I had the gift of gab one time. I don't even know what that means. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, I got it, so I'm going for it. Here we go. So I love to talk. Like, if you want to talk about the football game last night, let's talk about the football game. That's great. What was that last kick? I have no idea. I don't know what was going on. It doesn't matter who you're cheering for. What were they doing? What were they doing? I love those conversations. If you want to talk to my dad, you talk about the weather. It's what you do. You just talk about the weather. My dad's almost 80 years old. He loves to talk about the weather. We talk about the weather every time we talk. We talk about the weather. But what if in your conversations about football and the weather and whatever else it is that you enjoy that's good and great, what if those conversations just always took a turn back, back to talking about Jesus? What if your conversations at church just always took a turn back to Jesus? What if your conversations in the break room just took a turn to Jesus? What, what if your conversations at home just took a turn to Jesus? Here's one for you. What if gossip ceased? I don't know about y'all, but that excites me. Here's what I figured out about myself. I really don't enjoy being talked about. Maybe you do, and here's the deal. I've realized I don't like when people talk about me when it's good. I've realized it gets on my nerves. I sure enough don't like it when people talk about me when it's bad. Got really quiet in the room again. What's up with that, all right? Are, are you with me right now? I, I don't, I, you don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. Other people don't enjoy it. So what if we did our part? What if we did our part? And I stopped talking bad about other people behind their back. What if we stop that? What if we stop that? Man, would family go a little bit better? Woo! Would work go better? Would church go better? Everybody go ahead and nod your head. Y'all can, y'all can agree with, y'all can say word or word up or something or it, it would, it would, it would. We want to encourage you this next year to pick one word for 2019. Why one word? Well, you could pick a string of words. You could put a sentence together. You could say something like, I'm going to stop cussing. And if you've got a foul mouth, I pray in 2019 God takes that from you because you're not helping anybody and you sound really ignorant when you do it. Like, I pray God stops that in your life. But like, what if we flipped it and we said, God, it's not about just a behavior I want you to change this year. I want you to change my character. I want you to change my character. And that's what one word allows for. It allows for God to really work on your character. And it provides that focus that he encouraged you to have in Proverbs chapter 4. So I want to issue this, what has become an annual challenge here at our church, is for you just to seek out one word. We call it my one word. And allow God to work in you and through you this year. Maybe you're not even a follower of Jesus yet. Hey, check it out. You can still participate in my one word. Like just pick a word and see what God does. You'll be blown away, believe it or not, how it will just start like popping up everywhere. 
You'll be watching commercials. You'll be like, man, that's my word right there. I've got kind of a weird word. Like, how did that, whoa, that's, now. If you're a believer and you're in the word of God, you will not stop being amazed how many times the word will pop up as you're reading the scripture. It will blow your mind how God will just continually speak into that word and to in, into your life through that word. It's going to narrow your focus, not limit God. In fact, it's going to allow you to go deeper and wider and fuller in your experience with him. It's going to allow God to work through his word as you are in it. And I pray that you will just start getting in his word more. If you think showing up on Sunday morning, even for both services, is going to get you enough of God's word, you're kidding yourself. You need to be in the word regularly and daily. And as you do that, man, God's going to speak to you and work in powerful ways. He's going to work in and through your circumstances. He's going to work in and through the people around you to make you everything that he has for you. Um, I debated on whether to do this, and I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what my word for 2019 is. And if you want to take it and steal it, or use it, not steal it, but if you want to use it too, that's fine. Um, but I'll tell you what my word for 2019 is. My word for 2019 is still. S T I L L, as in be still, using the scripture, and know that I am God. God's just made it apparent to me that I just need to be present with Him more. And I need to be quiet more. And I need to listen better and deeper and longer. And God's already used that word to, to flip it on me. And he said, and while you're at it, still be a good husband. <laughs> still be a good father. Still be a good follower of Jesus. Still be a good pastor. Still be, still be, still. So the word still is what God is using already in and through my life. The goal for us, that God has for us, is a transformed heart. So I want to give you kind of three things. You can jot them down, kind of the criteria, if you will. They're very simple on how you get your one word, okay? One, pick one word. Just pick one word. Just one, just one. Pick one word. God's going to use a lot of other words this year to speak in your life, but just allow him to use this one. Uh, my wife, she's gotten really creative over the, uh, with uh, my wife has gotten really creative with it over the last several years. Um, she'll see a bracelet and have the word on it. She'll buy it and remind it will be a T-shirt. You know, she'll buy it and have it anyway. Just pick one word and allow God to start speaking. Pick it by February. So you don't have to pick it today. You don't have to be like, ooh, i got to have a word before I eat lunch. No, like God may bring it to you right now. Uh, maybe something we said or did here today that, that spawns your heart and spawns your memory. But take a few weeks and allow God just to get you where you need to be, to pick what that one word is in February. We're going to remind you about it in February. We're going to celebrate those words in February. But pick it by February, and then just simply let God use it in your life. And this is the crux of the matter. Am I, are you, going to allow God to work in my life and in your life in 2019? Not am I going to work hard enough and am I going to do this? And am I going to allow God to do what he wants in my life? But this is where it gets scary, right? Because you don't know what he's going to ask you to do, right? You, you don't know what he's going to tell you to do. You don't know what he's going to require of you. You don't know what he's going to ask you to change. Or on the flip side of that, maybe you do already know some things he wants you to change and that scares you to death. God wants to do something in you. He is working in you. Don't cause him to waste all of his effort and time and energy and love and grace. Embrace it and, and, and be a part of it and allow God to use it in your life. In just a moment, we're going to pray. 
And uh, after this prayer, uh, we want to invite you. Ultimately, we want to invite you to Jesus. Because today we're not preaching my one word. Today we're preaching Jesus. Every Sunday we preach Jesus because Jesus is the one that can transform our lives. Jesus is the one that can forgive us of all of our sin. Jesus is the one that can rescue us from hell and take us to heaven. Jesus is our rescuer. And so we preach to you Jesus. And we want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jesus this morning. Maybe you need to place faith in him this morning and allow him to become your Lord and your Savior. We want to invite you to Jesus. Maybe you just need to pray this morning and spend some time being still, if you will, in the presence of God and talking to him and or listening to him. We want to encourage you to do that. There's going to be people up here that can pray with you and um, be with you and encourage you. We're also going to give you an opportunity to give. Listen, I want to tell you, church, you guys are incredibly generous. We're going to celebrate all that God did in 2018 really, really soon. You guys were just incredibly generous last year. It's the reason why we can be a part of helping financially the church, Harbor City Church, that was spoken of earlier, launched today. We're, we're financial partners with them, and we're so excited to see what God's doing here, there, and in other parts of the world. And it's because of your generosity. And so thank you. And you see on the screen the different ways that you can give. The other thing that we want to invite you to do is as the offering bucket passes, if it's your first time here, we'd love for you to drop your communication card in. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to be able to help you find and follow Jesus. And so if there's anything we can do now or throughout the week to help you in doing that, we want to do that very thing. Let's pray.